Tom Bernard Show with JB Murray, House Comedy. Andy Brent Bernard. No, Ralph Toy Vash MD, the Hackmaster. TJ Miller. Um, I used to be the Hackmaster, but I just found out that I'm not. <laughs> That's going to change the rest of the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really from nice. the Emoji Movie and Yogi Bear 3D and performing at the House of Comedy uh, this entire weekend. And Deadpool coming out. Deadpool, Deadpool 2, coming 2 out. in Ready Player One right now in theaters. Phenomenal. Go see it That's in right IMAX right. and go see it 3D. It's worth it. Even if you're like me and you get a little sick. Doing the 3D, uh, still very much worth. It's it's just beautiful. It's like a technical achievement. It's like nothing you've ever seen. You know, it is truly ET level or Star Wars level. Uh, Fantasia cinema. level. Yeah, Fantasia, Fantasia yeah. level. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really is. And the book's great, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. That's right, we're not going to play music in. Nope. Melina's visiting his brother in New York. So. Yeah. Yeah. Melina's visiting his brother. Uh, Mom and Alex are visiting her parents. Their parents. Everybody's Everyone's, on vacation except for yeah. me. Visiting. <laughs> yeah. What's and I was going to go. Just us. We're all working. <laughs> right? Yeah, just us. We're all working. Okay, so, Murray, JB. Yeah? So, there's a story I'm doing <clears throat> this morning <clears throat> about a guy who gave up his kidney. He, he, reached, he graduated in 1969 from some high school. Uh, he's a black guy. He needs a kidney, right? So he puts out a message to all of the all the people you know he went to high school with and whatever. So this guy steps up, 
doesn't remember him, mm-hmm. but he gives him a kidney anyway. He's a match. He gives him a kidney. This is a true story. I read it this morning. Here's the amazing part, though. So the, the, this guy steps up, gives him a kidney, and they got video of him. And the black guy's in bed, and he's got a big smile on him, shaking hands. And the other guy's shaking hands with him. And the guy says, "Who got the guy who got the kidney says, uh, it's just amazing. It's unbelievable because we don't remember each other from high school or anything, man. And, and the weird thing is, like, he's white. <laughs> what? What do you mean the weird thing he's white? So basically, well, what if, if he has medical knowledge, which, you know, I don't know if he does or not, but it is kind of weird because you have to be like, there's a whole lot of things that have to match up genetically in order for a transplant to work. So it's like, you know, you'd kind of I think that, genetically. Yeah, you'd, you'd kind of think that you'd have to be like, you know, same so you think that's what he meant? You yep. think he knew all about that? The- Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean. I mean, he had to have because, they, you know, you wouldn't want them saying this probably won't work out. Because hey, you know, you know, you're, you're black, so this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. Yeah. But, 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 go ahead. But I just, I, I love the idea of, you know, a guy who's walking around and, you know, somebody says, like, you know, you should start saying like this guy's black guy, and uh, I mean, he has a white kidney. Uh, a white kidney, but he's got a white kidney. But yeah, he's phenomenal. That's great that that guy stepped up to the plate. And I know. Didn't that's even pretty remember. inspiration. So the, all the old old uh, race laws are going to have to you know revisit that. You know, if you get a white yeah. kidney, does that change? Yeah, you white know? kidney. Right. But, <clears throat> I have a band called White Kidney Man. Do you play an instrument? Uh, no, but I own a slide trombone. Okay, well, that's right. You told me you own a slide, and I, I was a singer. Or so you, we'll start. We'll start a band called White Kidney. <laughs> white Kidney. <laughs> I, phenomenal. I would, I would tell you. I would remember the two white kids in my high school. White Kidney, Black Penis. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the best ideal. of both worlds. No, the lead singer idea. would be. Yeah, the lead singer, Black Penis. Black penis. <laughs> you could do. Yes, we do. No, many he's the lead singer. You're, you would be Black Penis, and the rest of us would yeah, be the kidneys. Because a lot of, of course, it's just you and me. So it's you singing and me not being able to play the slide trombone. Yeah, the slide trombone, but not playing it. Oh boy. There are still people who, when I talk to them on the phone, think I'm black anyway because of the tone of my voice, not the way I talk, but the tone. They think it's a specifically black tone. It's like, well, I got this from my mother, and she was white, so I don't think. I am, for a long time, in the very beginning, people were like, TJ Miller, I just found out TJ Miller is white. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why, but like hundreds and hundreds of people on the internet truly believed that I was black just from hearing my name. That's it. They'd never seen me. And uh, I never knew that. I never knew that that was a common name in the community. JB. But the prejudice of white people, the prejudice are you when you think you hear stuff like that, that's still the image that many people carry, even to a younger age. I mean, that's, those, those would be what the, you could refer to as the remnants of racism or the remnants of, I don't know, what would, more prejudice. racism. No, it's not racism, but it's, prejudice, it's a prejudice where you say, you hear something, you say, oh, that's what that must be. Must no, be I, I, judge I, it. I just think black people are more efficient and they're like, let's just do initials. <laughs> get, let's get through this fucking introduction immediately. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got shit to do. <laughs> now, here's the mean? deal. No, you got to be honest, though, Ralph. Over everything. I don't want him to hear this. That's why I'm whispering. But when you first heard that Murray was coming in, I mean, you know. I know. That was, when I met Murray, I was just a little uncomfortable. But I thought. I thought your name, you said your name was Murray. I thought Murray was Irish 
<laughs> yeah, Murray's Irish. Irish. Well. Hispanic. Why don't you stop messing with your microphone, oh, That's Jay. the one. I think that's the one Mom broke. Oh, my my wife usually sits in that spot, Uh-oh. and she... Well, I replaced it, I adore it, my so wife. I, I absolutely love my wife, and I adore her, but, man, she can destroy things. It's I think unbelievable. it's the cough button <laughs> she you really, broke. You can really step on the uh, technology sometimes <laughs> to your wives. It's really kind of sad to tell you the truth uh, that she's not here because she's a huge fan of yours. My wife thinks oh, you're a fan the... of hers and also her low standards. <laughs> Thank which you. I can tell because she's it's a fan really of mine. Really nice, and she you, sir. Uh, I can't get any lower than that. Let me get the door. I swear to God, oh, you, you know Adam Hunter, comedian Adam Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Adam's sitting where you are, right? And Catherine's sitting over there. And Catherine is a very pretty woman. I mean, she, she just is, right? Yeah, you married up. Oh, way up. Yeah, yeah, all the way up. You can well, barely I, see her. I don't know you have to agree with me on all the way up, TJ. <laughs> Especially because I haven't seen her. <laughs> yeah. No, I have. I'll reiterate it. Yeah, way yeah. up. So Adam says, well, so who's that? And I said, it's Catherine. Well, how, how did she? I said, she's my wife. And he goes, what? And I said, it's, she's my wife. And he goes, Where'd you meet? Unmatch.com. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Adam. Thank Unharmony.com. you. Unharmony.com. Yeah. <laughs> Unharmony.com. Back to the tech thing. My uh, <laughs> Kate goes, uh, she, she just sort of has said, you know, she cleans up after the cats, and the cats are kind of her domain and feeds them and all that kind of stuff. I just, like, live around them, and, like, you know, they stay out of my way. I stay out of their way. <laughs> it's fine. And, uh... But so she handles certain stuff like that. She, you know, she does the dishes, makes food. I wash the dishes, uh, take out the trash. But uh, technology is my department. And man, these passwords are starting to fuck up my life, or at least an hour of my life. Because, and it's, I feel bad for Kate, and I've told her that. But she absolutely says, like, no, 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 no big deal. I'm glad you're handling it. But I am... Um, I, you know, with the passwords, and now I got to go to my computer and get my phone, and then I enter it in incorrectly, and we know it's free on Netflix, but I forgot the password for that because it's different from all the other ones because we got hacked and all this oh, yeah. kind of shit, and it is just so, so, so frustrating for me. And then this poor woman has to sit there because we live in a seven hundred square apartment in Manhattan. Like you oh, can yeah. hear me from any place in the apartment. <laughs> It's basically two rooms and a bathroom and a half. And uh, she just has to hear me as I try and put together what we're watching tonight. Just like, God damn it! <laughs> Fuck! Well, shit! <laughs> Babe, do you want to just watch The Princess Bride? <laughs> watch that again. <laughs> well, let's watch Real Genius for the 14th time. Because I can't figure out our fucking iTunes password from the Google password, from the Amazon Prime password. And Netflix, you know, forget about that. We're going through it. No, you're absolutely right. That's what, what I'm going through at home because of the two Roku's missing, and they, they messed up my Wi-Fi. I have no idea what all those passwords are. I have and no it's clue. Just, uh, it's terrible. And, and, you know, the only ones you can remember are the most hackable ones, like your own phone number, yeah. <laughs> your mother's maiden name. Yes, all that good stuff. Well, like well, someone you know's birthday, it's like all that right. information is available. Well, I've done what they tell you would be the worst thing to do. I have them all written down. Oh, uh, yeah, that is the worst. <laughs> oh, the yeah, only thing worse than that. There's a chair over there, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, the only thing worse than that, and uh, oh, be quiet. Uh, there's nothing worse than that. I think in terms of security is 
using the same password on every single. And that's the other thing I do. I use the same. Who cares? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I, no, it's I my mother's name plus. Oh, Some other things. <laughs> he almost just totally gives it up. <laughs> Everybody listening is like, mm, free Netflix. That's a great story about his mother, actually. She said just before she died that other than Catholic priests, I'm the only white man she ever liked. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he likes to stretch this. He that that is like stretching this is stretch exactly it. what you told you me. You know what I found out because I did a duet, like a theater performance in high school. Um, with a black girl. It was really funny. We actually did a Chevy Chase, Richard Pryor sketch. Oh, the I job interview game. sketch. Oh, Have you yeah. ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's really funny. Oh, Dead yeah. honky. <laughs> and um, honky, honky. <laughs> Dead honky. <laughs> and uh, so, I, so I did this. Um, you know, we decided to make it racial and to, you know, do that sketch. And I was talking to her, and we were pretty good friends before, but we got to be really good friends, sort of preparing for this thing. And she told me something that I had never known. And when I tell white people, uh, they don't believe it. And maybe you can confirm this or not, or maybe you haven't heard it. <laughs> but uh, that white people, when they get out of the pool, smell like wet dogs. <laughs> Oh, just from the laugh. I know that it's true. Okay, there we it's, go. It's, I'm not saying it's true. Ah! But with that statement, you I, I have heard other black people say that about white people. <laughs> wow. They smell like dogs. Wet, like no, the, wet dogs. Wet dogs. Wet dogs. That's I've even worse. hated the smell of people who were just in the pool. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're, you're probably you're so black. Yeah. But that's just like, you know, some. there's uh, some black guys... You around them right after you just played ball or something, yeah, they smell like hard, hard boiled eggs, you know, yeah, like, there's something mm. to that. But I don't think I think, right, I, think, I think right now you you guys have the long end of the stick, uh, and that's a metaphor. Um, and we're wet dogs when we get out of the. Yeah, believe me, it's a myth. Well, you know, I don't think us smelling like wet dogs when we get out of the pool is a myth. Uh, just an observation. And so she told me that almost every white person I've ever met. When they hear that, they can't believe it. They've never heard it. Never and it also it. opens up the world to them of like, yeah, I guess if it's a room of all black people, they just are <laughs> probably saying like, I met this fucking cracker. He just got out of the pool. He, he smelled so much like a wet dog. I want to put a fucking collar on him. I've just never seen black people around a pool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's no Frozen or unfrozen? Yeah, frozen. No ice fish. Yeah. Murray's going like, no, no, no. Yeah, CJ Sullivan, the guy opening for me at the House of the Comedy this weekend, hilarious, a headliner in his own right, really, really funny. He has a joke with a lot of places we go, but especially Minnesota uh, and Michigan, which is like, you know, the UP. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, he goes, you guys are really white out here, but you're a different level of white. You're like... You're like ice fishing white. <laughs> and uh, I love that. I love the image of that. I love just a group of guys headed to go ice fishing. Yeah, I can only imagine stupid white people. Yeah. They're, when you see the Polar Bear Club, is that the name of the people that mm -hmm. jump into the cold yeah, water? Yep. It's black. all white, 
older idiots. <laughs> Michael it's Bryan. people that look like me. Yeah. It's Michael <laughs> Bryan. I do security for those events. You Is that true? But you just do security. Yeah, you don't have to jump in. You don't in. jump in. No, absolutely. And we get the, we get the warm clothes, too. They get, they provide you with a jacket. And a sweat. What security is there? Do you have people kind of trying to stop <laughs> these man. guys from jumping into the pool? You Water never know. Stalking a polar plunge. Um, no, there's a whole... There's a, I mean, you just have to ward off polar bears? <laughs> it's been a big deal now. So there's a lot of celebrities that go to and like, endorse the event and do advertisement and stuff. Really? So we're kind of just there for them. Wow. So, I, I mean, I would do that, but I'm not sure I would... <laughs> Rush to do it. I don't think like, I'd do it. We oh, here's a quick story. So, um, <laughs> and it's not about ice fishing, but it's close. Uh, cliff jumping, right? Mm-hmm. So on my honeymoon, uh, Kate and I went to. You know, there was this opportunity for us to cliff jump, and it was a really high cliff. And we both got up there, and I was like, "Just do it. You're gonna love it. You're gonna be so happy that you did." And she's like, "Ah, it's really high up." And I said, that's okay, we'll hold hands. And we were about to jump off, and the captain of the boat was like, no, 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 don't hold hands. You shouldn't hold hands. And both of us felt, we didn't say it, but we were like, this is a bad idea not to hold hands. And we jumped, and she freaked out right before and tried to stop herself from jumping. And luckily, she didn't fall straight down because there were rocks there. She could have died. But she started down and then pushed herself off of the rock, but cut her foot so badly on the honeymoon that she had trouble walking the next few days. And I, I mean, there's nothing you can feel worse about, and there's nothing that can ruin a honeymoon. She wasn't mad. I mean, she was like just grateful that nothing worse happened. And I was really afraid that she would never cliff jump again. I just, I thought, you know, are we going to have kids and she's going to be the mother that's like, no, 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 I don't do that. I had a terrible experience <laughs> on my fucking honeymoon <laughs> where I almost died cliff jumping. And then recently we went to Bermuda, which if you live in New York, it's like an hour flight and it's, right. it, it, it's really inexpensive if you live in New York. And, um, or I suspect, I guess, D.C. also, but specifically New York. And then uh, we went to this place uh, where there was cliff jumping, and she was actually the one that pointed it out. And so we went there, and there were sort of cliffs that were close to the ground, but they were still pretty scary. There was one that was really tall and one that wasn't that tall. So when you say really tall, it's like 100 feet? I mean, I'm not good with those things, <laughs> but I, I think, yeah. I mean, we're talking so about... So is, is it like five seconds after you jump off before you hit the water? Yeah, it's it's the size of a football field goal. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a very quick break so Andy doesn't have to do much editing. And you know what? The ending <laughs> of the story hasn't happened, so it's a real cliffhanger. See, it's a real <laughs> cliffhanger. There are only shows left on Sunday. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back in two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking, and they always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. 
Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. (laughs) Are we back? Yep. Andy, you're doing a good job. It's my son, Andy, right there. That's your son? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you did a lot better than your father. I mean, There's no qu- Plus, you got an IQ of that. about 200, so that helps too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know the range of that either. It's like the height of the cliff. <laughs> so I'm over oh, here going 200. What is it? Out, out of what? 500? That doesn't sound so good. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big a deal, really. So, ladies and gentlemen, we now go back. We return. To the, we return to the cliff story. The sh- who knows what lurks in the shadows? The shadows. The shadow knows. I used to do a lot of that voiceover. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I did a lot of that stuff. I love Well, you got it's a great voice. Scary. Yeah. Why do... Okay, quick diversion. <laughs> uh, why do we think... Can you tell I couldn't pay attention in school and got in trouble a lot? Oh, uh, yeah. Quick diversion... Um, well, you know what? Now I just forgot. <laughs> uh, so the end of the, the end, oh no! Why do you guys think that um, Americans like a gravelly voice more than a clear one? Do you have any thoughts know, on that? that? You're right about that. Though. It's oh. probably what they experience as a kid. You know, either their grandparents or smoking. their parents had, a lot of smoking. had yeah. them, and it's a comforting. My mother's voice. voice. I've never heard that. Yeah? Uh, Yeah. Does she smoke? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think you could attribute it to the Marlboro Man, but I also think truly that it's because we're, especially in Colorado and on the West Coast, we're sort of frontiersmen. Like, we inhabited this country and kind of made our way all the way to the West. And I think there's something very American about a voice that sounds like you smoke and you drink and Suzanne you kind of live in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Suzanne Plachette had a great voice. Yes, she Bla- did. Black Venus and the White Kidneys, that was their hit. I think it was, yes. I think it's that, and I think it also conveys this idea of, I don't care, I'm kind of living life right now in the moment. Yeah, I think so. So there might be some of that. So Kate... Um, said, I want to start with the small cliff. And I said, well, do you want to go off it first or do you want me to? And she said, well, I think you should. So I jump off of it. And then I'm in the water. And she's like, how was it? And I'm like, it's great. Just jump out forward. And so she jumped and made it. And then we both did the the taller cliff, which was not as tall as the first one, but it was it's pretty tall. And uh, we went up there and we said, let's hold hands on this one and just jump off this fucking cliff. And uh, it worked. And I mean, I was so relieved. And I, I, I admitted to her that I was worried that she would never jump off a cliff again or, right. or have the courage right. to do that because she had a bad experience. She couldn't believe it. 
She was like, what? <laughs> the fuck do you mean you thought I wasn't going to jump off a cliff? This this is also, I mean, this really is Kate's words, but she's like, I'm not a fucking pussy. Like, I, of <laughs> like course I was going to try it again. Know. Yeah, don't don't That's call me phenomenal. like a scaredy cat. That's phenomenal. And she, it is funny, she does. She, she talks like a New Yorker. Oh, not, she, not like a Philadelphian because she lived there for seven years. We did. We met in college. Oh, okay. Um, and I, we just did Philadelphia last weekend, and she talks like a New Yorker, but not like a Philadelphian. No, that's just my alarm that goes off to uh, not to stop talking. Uh, I apologize. So, no, no, no. And so um, she she'll talk like a New Yorker, but uh, in Philadelphia, she had a good friend from Philadelphia, and in Philadelphia. We, uh, uh, I got huge laughs when I found out that it wasn't just Kate's friend, Jillian, from Philadelphia that talked like this, but that all women in Philadelphia talk like this, <laughs> what I'm about to talk like. And, um, and uh, that was only because I overheard it like two or three times in a bar. But in Philadelphia, that's the only city where the girls will straight up be like, yo, hold that thought. I got to go take a shit. <laughs> and it's just like the weirdest, grossest, but everyone laughed. Like all the guys laughed. They were like, yeah, that is. That's part of our culture. We're a bunch of scumbags. You can call them slime bags to their face. And they're like, yeah, we fucking love our sports. And our girls do notify us that they're shitting and not pissing. Just say you need to go to the water closet. The water closet. The water closet. I'll, excuse me. I'm going to the water closet. I don't need to imagine you being like, guys either. I don't need to imagine you being like. That's a great. Did you work that. on that sound effect? Might need a little that was the first time I've done that. That is about to be even more disgusting with the fact that like in Philly, a girl said that. She was like, I'm going to take a shit. I'll be right back. And I'm like, the whole time I'm trying to have a conversation and drink. And there's this girl in the bathroom. And I'm wondering, like, you know, I wonder if she folds or crinkles the toilet paper. <laughs> and I hope she doesn't get any shit on her hands. And I hope That'd be that good. she. That'd be good. Yeah. So, but Kate, yeah, she doesn't go that far. It's not that raw. So where did Kate grow up? Uh, in a one stoplight town in Michigan uh, called Napoleon. Uh, no black people there. Where'd you go to college? Uh, in D.C. We oh, went you to, didn't? Yeah, and then um, she moved to New York after college. I moved to Chicago to do oh, Second okay. City yeah. and kind yeah. of become a stand-up. And uh, then, you know, we broke up a couple times, always stayed friends, but just we couldn't do the long... The long-distance thing didn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, I, I was sort of saying, I'll be done in Chicago in six months. I'll be done in Chicago in a year. And it was just, eventually she, but of course she ended up dating this guy for five years that was like emotionally and physically abusive and Ugh. fucking spied on her tech yeah. stuff. So he, he recorded right. all her keystrokes and had a tracker on her phone and all this stuff that was really scary. Um, although she herself has mentioned like that has become very important you know now for where we're at in terms of the fame game because it's very there's a real darkness to fame it's yeah. like we've already had money oh, extorted yeah. and you know and it's just you become a moving target yep. kate describes it as it's like if you walked on the street and you were wearing a suit of a hundred dollar bills like there were just hundred dollar bills everywhere so everybody just thinks oh my gosh they must be so rich this guy tried to extort 1.5 million dollars from us 
and from you and your wife. And Kay and I are going. What one point five million dollars? Like, can you show it to me? We want to look at it. Yeah, you have and, to be uh, pretty high up on the fame uh, fame ladder to just have that much cash to be able, lying yeah, around. To be able to not get somebody to like dam- do damaging things to you, essentially. So, and we got hacked, and that was like a disaster. And so, there's a lot of actually. I had a show recently where at, at the show that I'm the show that I'm doing right now in the act. I say. What are some of the most wonderful feelings that a human being can have? And somebody said fame. And I said, no, that is simply not the case. Um, It just comes with all bad, no good. Like, the good is we get to skip lines. Like, that's the end of it. Right. And we can maybe get (laughs) a particular table at the restaurant. But the only reason we're doing that is because otherwise, you know, our dinner is interrupted constantly. And so... uh, you know, and that and I understand it, and I also understand why it frustrates her because we'll be in a discussion or arguing a point, and somebody will just be like, "Hey, I hate to interrupt." Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you really hated to, then you wouldn't have why interrupted. Do <laughs> right. So do, don't do even it. say that. Just be like, "Hi, I, I wanted to take a picture with you because I think that I'll become more popular on social media." Which also in the act, I talk about how we're going to look back at social media. I think in about 10, 15 years, maybe sooner, like people look at smoking cigarettes Absolutely. in the 50s or 60s. But, you know, just say, I want to take a picture, I'm going to post it, and I hope it gets a ton of likes. And then people are going to be like, whoa, you have that social currency. What was it like meeting that person? Um, and so we used to actually sort of say, like, ah, no, we can't take a picture, but I want to meet you. I'm TJ. And then get their name and say thank you for your support. And then after the election, I just started taking pictures again because I feel like, especially in Manhattan, yeah, Los oh Angeles, yeah. where I spend all my time, people just, you know, their days are, are are pretty dismal. So they might as well, like, have a, you know, a kind of fun moment. I always take a picture of Kate's not there. Um, and I take pictures with people that I work with. But it's just, I mean, you, you wouldn't even believe it. And then you reach a level of fame. Um, which I think you probably have, which is people are like, that's that person, but I'm not going to bother them because they've probably been bothered a thousand times. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I'd rather just leave someone alone, I think. I um, I have to ask you a question about this. Or it's fun to just say, love your work. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I like what you yeah, do. Yeah, that'd be good. Or people yell, you know, keep on keeping on. But I'd say one out of every ten, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, let's return oh, to that point, but one out of ten people... Um, yeah, one out of every 10 interactions I have in New York City is like horrible. Like nine of them are just nice people. They want a picture. They see something nice. And then one is just this self-entitled white 23-year-old college <laughs> graduate yeah. who's just like drunk during the day and is like, mm-hmm. hey, fuck you. Hey, fuck this guy, right? Hey, that's a famous guy. He won't even pay attention to his fans. Everybody, right? Fuck you. Fuck him. I've spent and, a lot of time uh, in New and, York, and, and, and you can get that reaction without being famous. Right, exactly. <laughs> Don't get too full of Exactly. Yourself. It's so funny because everybody else on the street is like avoiding eye contact right. with her because they're like, well, this is the most embarrassing part of our city. There's a woman doing this? Fuck yeah. A 23-year-old girl. Oh, God. That's my least favorite demographic. <laughs> Self-entitled young white what, women. Yeah, college, yeah. Can, Millennials. Uh, college can... Produce some entitlement, it seems. Oh. No doubt about that. So my question is this: and college professors gotta hate them. 
my deal. Well, they they created them though. <laughs> yeah, Don't <I> start. <laughs> they were the ones who cre- they're the ones who created them. I work on a college. Yeah. Andy, you picked it a scab. Oh uh, yeah, that deep one. But you're For me. Uh, but you're also implying that it's your fault that I'm these self entitled. Oh, okay. I'm a equipment manager. Okay. Athletics. But I think yeah, the police that have to deal with these college kids. It's ugh. so. What was your question? So. I mean, in my situation, it's a localized thing. In your world, it's absolutely national, and at this point, international, because, yeah. you know. It's, no, it is. I mean, we were in. Yeah, it's international. Now. Yeah, we were in Iceland, and this guy was walking down the street, he stops, and he goes, hey, are you TJ Miller? Are you on that show? And I said, yeah. <laughs> are you on that show? And he goes show? like this, he goes, are you high right now? <laughs> First question, out of the gates. And I was like, That's a great and, and I go, no, not really. Why are, are you high? And he was like, oh, yeah. And then he just walked away. <laughs> that was it. So my question to you is, when you first find out about that, that, you, that people know who you are, the th- it, it was devastating to me how much people love money. I mean, they will do anything for money they'll harm anybody yeah they'll lie they'll lie they'll do i mean that really broke my heart it really did even big companies you know even there are companies that are you know the people at the top making the decisions who you're suing or what publicity stunt to do are doing that because they want money they want to figure out how to get some source of money everybody just believes that celebrities are famous lucky people that deserve you know to give you money because you're not happy with your life but as our driver says like i don't know how you live with yourself if you're that kind of person but yeah there are people that do that i've never had any international extortion yet not but, yet but you know I after mean, deadpool too you, you know the, time. the tough thing is plenty of time ready player yeah. one once ready player one goes to streaming exactly. i am fucked yeah. uh no i think you know we just lately kate and i have sort of starkly realized like we have to drastically change our lives and our lifestyle and i think i was fame sort of i was catching up to the fame the fame i never when i tweet i don't think that it's going to over a quarter of a million people i just tweet i just that's you know i'm i'm sort of interacting with fans telling them that i'm doing shows but uh you know, I just, I, I became much more famous than I was behaving for, for a very, very long time, for a decade. And now it's clear. I mean, I mean cause I'm an extrovert, I'm a people person, Murray's like that. Um, I, li- I like in New York city, I like as I'm walking home or something to like dip into a, a bar with some real history, you know, something right. that started in the early 1900s or the late 1800s. And sit and start just talking to a stranger or have a conversation with the bartender. That's just my father-in-law is that way. That's just something that I, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. And that's over. Like it's, it's pretty much done because if I do anything that is in any way embarrassing or just anything like that, people will try and get an angle Yep. And then get some money, or they just want the social currency. They, you know, lately, uh, Kay and I have had a lot of. Um, it was it's it's been very frustrating. We had a lot of people kind of crawl out of the woodwork 
from high school, from grade school, from people that we don't even know. And they are very much, you know, they're trying, it's benevolent, their, their initiative, but they're trying to initiate the possibility of like, hey, if you ever want to visit and kind of hide away, we, I, I can rent a cabin in Virginia or... Hey, are things okay? This is my experience in my life. Here's my advice to you. I just, you know what it is? Unsolicited advice and unsolicited. Uh, hey, we can be your your hideaway, your right. sort of right. Palm Springs or Desert Hot Springs for Al Capone or somebody like that. And and what Kate and I have really talked about is like, you know, we are, uh, you know, we don't need that. And it's also it's self serving because it's they have the social currency. They're looking for the social currency, either subconsciously or consciously, to be able to say, well, I'm the one that they came and visited. And right. Meanwhile, right. Kate found us and we live in like a fortress in New York City. And, you know, we know our neighbors in the building and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, Kate sort of explained that like, I don't even explain, but we just like, we, we don't, I do local press to promote the shows, but we just don't talk to the press anymore. You know, people want to, and I think there is something to that. And I wish I would have learned it sooner, but like the press right now, because the news cycle is 24 hours and they have to have everything's clickbait, you know, online, it's all Zuckerberg smashed by so-and-so or this person totally destroyed this person. Watch. So, and it's, it's really mean spirited and it's uh, really strange. And so the media in general is not trying to help anybody. And like I say in my show, you don't refresh your news app and get and be like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> I, just, no. I just found out no, that uh, no. everybody in Mississippi found a small toy chest of gold doubloons. What a great day. It's never that. It's always terrible. And so that's another thing that I talk about in the show is like I, I thank the audience um, for ripping their attention away from these screens that I think are kind of ruining our lives and like making a night of it, going to dinner, you know, even eating at the club because they have really, really good food, watching a live show, shutting off their, their fucking cell phones for an hour and a half. And then having the rest of the night, either going out and partying and talking about the show or going home and, you know, having had an experience where they can talk about and relive and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm very, very much into that. And that's why I like, um, that's why I like traveling and doing stand-up. Because it's also me spending my time with you. I'm coming to you. Right. I'm in Bloomington, Minnesota, in the largest mall in North America. Unless you ask Edmonton, and they'll say that they have <laughs> the exactly. largest. And I love that everybody here knows Edmonton. It's the same like guy if I said it. that, if I said that, shit, Bronson, right? Yeah. Exactly. If I said that in New York, everybody would be like, "Emma, what?" <laughs> and uh, um, but uh, yeah, I came. I'm in a hotel that's attached to a mall, and I don't necessarily need to be here, but I want to very much. So I don't want to be away from my wife four days a week right yeah. but i'm on tour every weekend for the through august and uh you know so i like that but when it, i'm i'm understanding that when it comes to being famous for things like deadpool and ready player one and 
you know, whatever it is, uh, office Christmas party, or if she's out of my league, two very well-done, gag-driven comedies. I call them hangover movies because if you see them on TV on a Sunday and you're hungover, you just are like, I'm going to leave this on because I, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm going to get some giggles here in a second. And my head feels like shit. Uh, just to stay out of it. Just like we went to the premiere of Love Gilda, which is really good, but Tribeca Film Festival, that was their opening film. It's a documentary about Gilda Radner. It's, it's yeah. everything. It's fantastic. And uh, we just... We're past that point where we kind of get dressed up and do the photos and then the press line and all that kind of stuff. And we just go in the back. Like, we just want to see the fucking movie. Like, I don't need everyone to be taking pictures of me. I don't need to talk to everybody. I'm not that guy. I'm not that comedian. You guys can kind of tell from how unfunny I've been on the the podcast. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, but... uh, This conversation is very important. But it's, uh, you know, it is... It's now it's almost being forced upon us, but we just, you know, we become more reclusive. Honestly, we just, I I don't need to be on all the time. I don't need to be the center of the attention in the room. In fact, a big part of why I left Silicon Valley was because five months out of the year, I was in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And if Kate was visiting, she's kind of not doing any of her career because she's a mixed media artist and that all lives in New York City. I didn't like Los Angeles and I wanted to do more stand up and you know so that's that's kind of that's that's what I love and I I love doing films because and even more than television because they have such a permanence to them like we've all seen our favorite movie probably 20 times or something like that yeah, absolutely and uh, and a lot of movies we've seen two or three times and that's not the case with, like, I haven't gone back and watched The Sopranos. Like, I loved Breaking Bad, right. but I don't take, like, three weeks to binge watch. Like, I knew what happened. I had enough time with them. But a great movie, at the end of it, you're like, no, it's over? Ah, shit. And that's kind of what Love Gilda was like. And then we just rolled out of there conspicuously. I was, you know, and, and then went, you know, to a friend of hers house. But it's getting to be a lot more like visiting one or two people at their house or having people come to our house and much less, you know, going to restaurants and things like that. And so that's kind of a bummer. But I think we have a battery of psychological professionals to try and keep us sane. And I think uh, Dr. Bruno was really smart when he said, um, you know, that you knew that there would be a sacrifice for fame. Um and you just the problem is you didn't know what size sacrifice it would be yeah and you and also didn't you couldn't read people you you probably didn't know some people not all people but some people can be as bad as they are yeah that's very true and then you know also it's good people like my family trying to help and not having boundaries and so we've sort of receded from communication with our family also if I could do this and nobody knew who I was, it would be the best thing in the world. But that's the uh, dark side effect of trying to be a successful entertainer. And I do films. You know, I do, I'm do. i a commercial artist, and Kate's kind of the street credit real deal. But um, I do the Emoji movie, and I do um, Transformers 4, and Ready Player One, and Deadpool. And those are movies where, yeah, if I go to China... People are like, no way. 
you're the toddler bodied guy with the weird hair <laughs> who always has a strangely quaffed beard and uh, that's Kate and holy smokes and so it has kind of come to that place but um, you know what you're sacrificing and what you receive is this incredible thing which is and again it's it's great money but everybody's who's evil is trying to take that money away from you including business managers and agents (laughs) and all kinds of people Um, but you do get to make especially with movies millions hundreds of millions of people laugh and I really do believe comedy is this great opiate that is actually healthy for you and just takes you out of the tragedy that sort of permeates everyday life and everybody's got to that's why with hecklers I'm very um, I ask them very sternly to stop and then we eject them and your club is great about that Yeah. but they're making the show about themselves and they're interrupting what I'm trying to do which is like you know somebody will, I'll, I'll mention something about something and someone will be like my uncle has cancer well everybody oh, has an God. uncle with cancer everybody has experienced you know the heartache of someone committing suicide because they didn't think they had the resources you're not the only one every single person has problems that they're dealing with every single day and so to come to the comedy club to drink to take your mind away from that stuff is really good and then you know the best thing i can do on a television show or in films or on stage is say something that like later on that week you kind of remember it and you're like <laughs> like just to chuckle to yourself at work you know when you're like when will this day end that's nice when i do have people that are like every time i wash my hands i think about that joke man it's great <laughs> the joke i should tell the joke otherwise that's very strange uh it's um that it's true that the amount of time that it takes to hygienically clean your hands uh, is the exact same amount of time it takes to sing happy birthday. Have you guys heard that? Yeah. I, okay, thought, I thought it was twice. I was like, I can't, bring the, I can't bring just the white people smell like wet dogs when they get out of the pool information. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be not exactly what you want to do. So uh, that's fine, and I do sing happy birthday every single time I wash my hands. <laughs> but whenever I'm in a public restroom alone and somebody else walks in, it just looks like I'm having the saddest birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, happy birthday. Oh, thanks, you're the first one and only one to come. <laughs> I chose this location because it smells horrible. Yeah. And so people will, uh, yeah, they'll be like, I wash my hands and I sing happy birthday. And I just think that's fun. That's a fun sort of lifting you out of your reality for a moment. And then that's also why I do advertising. I love, uh, you're going to see, we live in a capitalist society. You're going to see that stuff anyway. So why not make it funny? So I have a question for you. Do you often get to talk about things the way you just talked about them? No. This is the first. And in, I think that's wonderful. The first time, and the first time in a long time. But I think no, that's good. It's, that's ta- really good. it's taken some time. Also, I I talk about this in my act time. I think in a post-religious post, meaning society is the closest thing that we have to a deity because it's the only thing that's omnipresent, omniscient, and om, uh, omnipotent. And uh, yeah, we're always talking about saving time and wasting time, and you know that weird expression: "Only time will tell," which means time knows, but it'll it'll let you know later. Uh, <laughs> but it feels like it. Yeah, it really, really does feel like it, but. <laughs> 
I do. I, I spell time with a capital T because I do believe that it takes like time is very powerful. And so we really took some time in silence, uh, you know, or at least have tried to. And uh, and and once that time passes, I think we'll be able to speak more openly about. But I just I don't I don't think, you know, I had this troll on my fucking Twitter sent a DM that was like, why do I find you so unappealing? That's what she said. So, first of all, uh, great, great God. conversation started. <laughs> yeah, Way to go exactly. on that one. Yeah, you seem good. personable. Yeah, and, uh, and I said to her, I was like, because you don't know me in person, you don't know who I am, right. you've never met me. And she was like, that's a good point. And then I said, you find me to be a very kind, generous person who's incredibly authentic and, uh, and has good intentions and, and does comedy for you and everyone else and then she she sort of did a 180 and was like oh well i stand corrected now i'm a fan and thank you and then a couple of days later she goes how did i do a 180 so quickly and i said again because you've stopped thinking about me as a celebrity and started right. thinking about me as a human person and i think i'm just i actually have for reals had the media just be vicious, just vicious towards Kate and I. Towards Kate. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to, that's I almost understand. harder to watch people texting her and direct messaging her and Facebook posting and just, you know, just being mean. Why are you with this idiot? You know, you must be stupider than him to even put up with his antics. And, yeah. and that's just a mean, like, she doesn't need that. She doesn't want that from a stranger. She, and she's not going to engage them because it doesn't work to be like, look, you don't know him. I live with them. And then that, that's all they want. They want that kind of attention. And so the Internet, I had a pinned tweet for a while. <laughs> he says social media is terrible. Uh, I had a pinned tweet for a while. That said that the internet uh, has turned the world into high school. And Kate sort of did an addendum where she said it's actually turned uh, a lot of people back to like junior high. And I think that's really Andy true. I think that. you're, what's that? Andy always says that. Too. Yeah, I mean, he's I, gone back to junior high school now. It's, it's just the, the insults being hurled, the lack of empathy, the lack of understanding that these. Things are said and they have emotional repercussions for the person that you're throwing it at. I actually was really happy to have played Ehrlich for so long because I always gained weight for that role. And when I did the emoji movie, I got all this hate. And it, but it, they, a lot of it included body shaming. And it was all, you know, it was all red hats that were just like, you stupid, fat, libtard, snowflake piece of shit, you fat ass. <laughs> You loser. Like yeah, you fat fuck. Now your fucking career's over. The emoji oh, movie got 13%. Meanwhile, I'm in a Steven Spielberg movie. I just right. did a film with Kristen Stewart and Deadpool 2 is coming out and also How to Train Your Dragon 3. So they don't I guess they don't understand how films work, but yeah. Yeah, you don't so like not. make one then make the next one and they release it after a month. And also, the emoji movie killed. Like Sony executives, I've been in meetings and they've been like Ugh, the emoji. We made so much fucking money off of that <laughs> film. And they kind of casually like, sorry about the Rotten Tomatoes score, but whoa, did we bring it international. <laughs> so they, they don't care about it at all. I also love, so I experienced that kind of body shaming, and I feel like I have a little bit more empathy for women who experience that on a consistent basis. Um, but it just, it's people are so mean 
and it doesn't make sense the snowflake insult because uh, each snowflake is unique and its own beautiful natural creation <laughs> so that's just so strange you'd be like these oh. fucking unicorns these goddamn <laughs> golden gooses like it's it doesn't make a lick of sense and they got a you know, these cucks, like they stole that from cuckolded and but they got they gotta work harder. Libtard is yeah, okay. Libtard. Yeah, Libtard. It's okay, but they gotta come up with something else that's much better, you know? I literally something about all liberals smell like wet dogs, dogs. when they get out of the pool. <laughs> all of them. It's all true. Or wet raccoons. They gotta make it worse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, TJ, now, Murray, have you checked? Are all the shows sold out now? Sold out, sold out, sold out, except for Sunday. Still except got tickets Sunday, available Sunday, for Sunday. And, and I, I mentioned this on your show earlier, but I love a Sunday crowd because a, yep. a Thursday night crowd is pretty crazy. they got to go to work the next day. Sunday night crowd, especially in Minnesota, they are drinking. This is a weekend yeah. night, and they have a full week of work ahead of them. That The first two days are just going to be getting over the hangover. And um, so, yeah, come on. Come on Sunday. And there aren't many tickets left, are there, Murray? I don't think. Not too many tickets left. No, Get your tickets so buy your they tickets now. Don't be a silly goose. There's one Definitely ticket left, so you better hurry. There's <laughs> one ticket. So you're really you can, lonely. You can, you, split, you can split it in half if the person you bring with you sits on your lap. That's exactly right. I advise that for couples, not guy friends. I will tell you something. Can be uncomfortable. I really, really enjoyed this whole situation because I was just, you know, like I said, for me, it's a local thing. For you, it's an international thing. But to hear you be so honest about this, I don't get the chance to do that. I'm glad that you well, took this chance to do that. It was really interesting to hear. Well, thank you for saying it. And I had fun talking with you on your other show. I mean, I think a big thing is that podcasting in the weirdest way can allow people to be truly, truly authentic. That's how Mark yep. Marin became who he is now. Right. But... uh you know, I think we've had some time from stuff and we've learned some hard lessons. And the luckiest thing is because Kate and I are so solid and we've known each other since college, um, you know, we have each other's back on everything. Like, I, like, this is a weird example, but I do think it's really funny. Uh, she doesn't get drunk that often, but when she does, it magnifies how she's feeling. And so we went to a friend's house. All of Kate's friends are over the age of 70, by the way. So we went to a friend's house. She rolls with the septuagenarian crew. So we went to a friend's house, and she was just so stressed and feeling so horrible and depressed. And just she's either melancholy or full-on depressed lately. And we went there, and... Uh, you know, this friend kept encouraging her, we're like, have a drink, you know what I mean? Like, medicate, sit down, relax. And she had a couple of drinks, and she just got so drunk that she was just, like, yelling about stuff. And then when I would come over to give her a hug, she'd push me away or punch me. And, uh, Sounds like and, your and, mom. Yeah, and, uh, and Cynthia, who we were with, was... Uh, you know, appalled at this. Oh, yeah. Kate also drunk texted all of our siblings, hers and ours, uh, get out of our lives permanently. That's why. Fuck, fuck off permanently. And never, you're never welcome in our house again. That way our kids don't have to meet you. Oh. And we don't have kids yet. That is heavy duty. Think of all the money That's you saved duty. on Christmas cards. She, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, no more Christmas true. gifts. And, uh, you know, she apologized for the next day. But her friend was saying, like, don't drunk text that TJ. Tell her she can't do this. And I was like, no. I mean, she kind of 
We really do. I was like, if I was her, if I was exactly her, this is exactly how I would be acting. So why should I take it personally? That's totally fine. And that segues into a story about when she got (laughs) drunk in San Francisco and she... She got really drunk, and she was upset with me about something else from a long time ago. And she's not mean about it, but she was just full-on punching me in the face. like just. And she has a pretty strong left hook. Okay. It's weird because she's right-handed, but she's a scrappy Michigan chick. And I was, But I was carrying her, and she, like a toddler, kept like doing that thing where you put your arms up so you slide <laughs> down to the ground. So I had to keep fucking picking her up. She's half my size, but keep picking her up. So I'm holding her, kind of helping her get back to the hotel room, and she's wailing on me. And all you know, there were like three people at the front desk, and you could tell they were either like looking at their computers but not working, just trying not to make eye contact. And then I had one girl kind of look at me like, "Do you want me to call the police?" And I just gave her this face like, "Buddy, this has happened before. Everything's a okay." As you can see, I'm not returning fire, and she is just like. Just, just punching me in the face full on like I had a, a black eye the next day and everything and you know we get up and she's like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I'm 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 always sort of in the mindset of like look you had to have that night like it's okay I'll be a punching bag I'm built like a fucking ox right so you know get into it I don't encourage it no obviously no no let's not but, I, but I, I do sort of I, you know I do maybe that's the Marcus Aurelius that I've been reading but I do believe like you know, everything is as it should be to a certain extent. And the best way to live your life is to remind yourself that if you were the other person, because we always say, if I was him, I would never have done something like that. Well, that's wrong. If you were that person, then your life and your history would be exactly what it is. And so you would absolutely do that thing. You would absolutely act that way. You would absolutely be rude to your older sibling. And so I just kind of, I mean, she's a Buddhist, so for her it's kind of a, a f- philosophical kind of Zen thing. But I'm a nihilist, and so it's a little bit different. Well, I'm an absurdist, really, but it's a little bit different. But it's very, um, it's very relaxed because there's just so little to take personally. That's why uh, Zach Woods, uh, who's who's on Silicon Valley, and he's right. not, oh, he's the yeah. funniest. He's the funniest. And he's never, this is real, he has never seen anything that he's ever done. And he's been working oh, for like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. He's never watched anything. He's also never read a critical review of himself. Good move. He doesn't have any social media. And, um, I mean, he's he's a lovable basket case. So I, it's also important to keep his sanity at a level where he can work. And... Um, uh, but a truly a brilliant guy, but just cannot watch himself. Tom Cruise, unless he's producing the movie, he he will not watch a frame of a film that he's in. They and, are all the same. And I watch right. Yeah, he's like, is this Mission Impossible three or Jack Ryan? What's happening here? He forgets. He's done so many movies. I bet he does forget. I said I've done enough movies now that I've like. Sometimes I'll forget I was in Rock of Ages and had a scene with, like, Tom Cruise. But so he's the same way. I instead watch almost everything that I do because um, I learn from it. So I watch and I'm like, ah, I wish they would have taken this take or they could have given me a little bit more space or I-, I probably should have, you know, done it with a different cadence. 
So to me, it's just all studying. And then critical reviews, I used to say that it was like they were writing about another person and I was just reading about it also. Um, but now it's more of a like, it just feels like work in the sense that I look at, I just need to know what people's opinion of the projects that I'm doing is. And uh, luckily I've, I'm in films that I'm a fan of. Like I was really excited to see Ready Player One and I'm, I'm really excited to see Deadpool 2. And these are movies that I would go to, you know? And a lot of people do films that they would just simply not go to. I, I don't do movies like that, which I've heard is very funny. Cock Blockers, that movie about the parents trying to stop the kids from having sex right. on prom night. Right. I don't do movies like that because they stick a funnel in John Cena's butthole and he butt chugs beer, but then farts and it comes out of the funnel into wow. the face so of the guy who's holding it. And that guy's like, ow, ass beer. And I'm just like, Okay, there are people that'll do that, and they're good at it, and I'm going to let you guys do that. And I'll be over here in blockbuster oh, land. Yeah. I saw, I was on a plane, so I didn't have any choice. I had to watch it. I watched Dirty Grandpa. I'm like, Robert De Niro, what <laughs> are you doing? I had no choice. I like that you're like, well, uh, I've watched like everything train, else. It was like a train wreck. I mean, you, it's hard not to watch it. It's, wait a minute, what are you doing? Yeah, and Zac Efron... Uh, God bless his soul, because uh, he's also at CAA. He's a, um, you know, he's not a comedian. He's like a musical theater dude. Yeah. And so the two of them trying to do a movie with just the studio being like, well, it's Robert De Niro, and he's super famous, and Zac Efron guarantees box office. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these films are just money grabs. You know, I mean, they're just cash grabs. For De Niro, I think he probably made, I don't know, he probably made like $10 million for that. I don't so think he he's wanted out the of check. money, though. I know, but there's this weird thing, because I'm really good friends with Wahlberg. There's this weird thing where once you have a certain amount of money, which I think is around $20 million, um, you don't really need to work anymore. But for some reason, you get addicted yeah. to making more money, to the work. You want to keep working. You worked so hard to get to that place. And so you just keep working and working and working and working and working. And I think some of these guys, too, are thinking, especially De Niro, are thinking, all right, if I'm going to retire at some point here and I want to retain the lifestyle I have, which is that I don't fly commercially because that just doesn't work. There's too many people that, right. um, you know, then they, they, they feel scared and so they need that. Just like we all do with our retirement, we kind of, you know, we want to have the money to maintain the lifestyle that we have. And uh, luckily, Kate and I don't have a particularly expensive lifestyle. But, you know, I think they're cash grab movies like that. And then everybody looked at Emoji Movie and said, that's just a cash grab for you, TJ. And that's not the case. I got paid SAG union minimum. So I got paid minimum wage for what my union allows. And it's, you know, it's for kids. And they were going to make it anyway. Like Sony was making that movie, whether it was my voice or not. And so I did a pass on the script and said, let's try and make this the funniest, best emoji movie of all time. And then it's an original property. You know, so many of these movies are Hotel Transylvania 5 and right. all this stuff. And it's like, I'm not going to join a fr Well, I joined a franchise in Transformers 4, but that was uh, a reboot because then they had Wahlberg instead of Shia LaBeouf. 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 
Um, Laboo Farino. I also like to call him. Um, <laughs> who's the one I always make fun of? Oh, Ashton Kutchner's. I like Kutcher. to say that. Kutchner? No, I, yeah. I like Kut- Kutchner? I like Kutchner's. Nice. Like there's multiples kid. of him. But that guy's a guy who does. He likes money. You know, he invests in Silicon Valley stuff. And so there are people, I think, that really, really love the money and they want to have a boat. You know, they want to have a big yacht and a captain and that kind of thing. And I'm just happy with, uh, you know, we got a drop down screen and a projector and that's all I ever wanted. My father had a movie theater in our house growing up and it was just my favorite thing in the world. And I thought it was so cool. And it's such a wonderful social thing to invite people over to see a film. Uh, so like we're good, you know? And, uh, I think there will be a point where, and that the idea is there will be a point where some years I just do stand up and maybe I I only do it for six months out of the year or something. But if it's hopefully I get to a point where if it's not a movie that I want to be in, then I don't have to be in it. And that's the way it's been for most of my life, which is I'm very fortunate for that. I mean, that's that's pretty rare. But the fame thing within the last year is just like it's so weird. It's like um you know, it's like you were so lucky at the table at a casino or something like that. And you're so lucky and you're, you're drinking free drinks nonstop and you're spending hours and hours and hours and hours at the craps table because you're winning, 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 winning. And then suddenly you're like, holy shit, I have $2,000. And then, and I've been so lucky and this is fantastic. And then the casino's like, oh, those drinks weren't free. Uh, your tab is $900 and you're like god damn it this was going so well and now I'm fucked they you know actually it's more like they come in and they're like you drank $2,500 worth of liquor and you're like well there it goes now I just I guess I owe the casino $500 and I work a lot of casinos so I see people that kind of are in that position they're like I'm so lucky and then they just go and, you know, they're on a winning streak and they just put quarters into a slot machine and then suddenly everything they won is totally gone. Casinos are really hard to do stand-up in because, and I, I like that, I think that's an interesting challenge, but your audience essentially, casinos and awards shows are the hardest. Casinos, you're essentially playing to an audience of losers, I mean, yeah, truly, you got to think about that. It's them coming and being like, well, I got to see a show because I don't want to go home and just say I lost money. Um, <laughs> and if you're winning, you don't go fucking see the guy from Yogi Bear 3D. You stay at the table or you keep playing. So the only people in there are losers and they're not in a great mood. So you got to really elevate them. I understand. And you do not make fun of gambling because they are not happy with gambling at that moment. And then awards shows, I didn't understand why it was so, um, I just didn't understand why it was so hard. It just was a really cold audience. And then I realized they're all drinking a lot because they're nervous. And all, all of them are, you know, thinking about their speeches and what if I win? Well, only one person wins from all the nominees. So as an award show goes on, (laughs) 
There's more, more losers. There's more losers in the room. So they slowly uh. fill the room with all losers except for like uh. 25 people. And when you win an award, you don't go back in the audience. And there's a winner's VIP lounge and you're drinking champagne and all this shit. So it's, I'd say the last hour of an awards show especially if it's live is like you really got to go hard and bring a type of energy that is like almost inauthentic that you're like all right guys all right who's ready to hear best picture for editing all right here we go <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we have to get tj on stage in about five minutes yeah i know exactly <laughs> and uh i won't I, I might not be able to get uh the uh carhartt jeans that i have i'm wearing pants that my wife sort of likes the look of them and i don't really care what i look like uh i always say that i uh and this is also in the act i say that i dress like an asshole on purpose because i like to stop arguments uh between people in cars at intersections and i'll explain because if i didn't that'd be the strangest single yeah, statement interesting. uh but i do i mean have you ever been in an argument with somebody in a car at a stoplight and you're like well, if you just didn't say that kind of stuff to my mother, then she wouldn't respond like that. Oh, what, so I'm supposed to censor everything that I say? I just have to censor everything I want to say to your mother? No, I'm not saying that. Just, like, have a filter, and then both of you stop arguing for a second, and you're both, like, somebody's crossing the pedestrian walkway, and you're like, look at this fucking guy. Well, he's an idiot. What, look at how, how he's dressed. And then they go back to the argument. It's like, you know what? You're right. I could think, pick and choose what I say to your mother. So it's a benevolent act, even in that. But I, I came here and found out I didn't have a suit pants to my suit because I always wear a suit on stage. Right. So I had to go on stage yesterday with these stupid, skinny sweatpant things that like are practically capris. Joggers. And just feel like an idiot. They're called joggers. They're called joggers or jaggers. Yeah. Joggers. Joggers. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm wearing a pair of joggers. I'd rather be in MC Hammer pants than parachute pants. <laughs> We're talking. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I mean, hopefully I'll have time to get the appropriate pants You'll for tonight. The, you will get them on, TJ Miller. There are no tickets left now. Sunday. Still got tickets Sunday. Uh, Sunday, just, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. How many? Let's bit. talk for real. How let's many? Talk, do we let's talk for real. Okay, we'll talk for real. TJ at Rick Ross's house comedy, but everything's all sold out except for Sunday, and we're gonna find Sunday seven thirty. We're gonna find out how many we have. If you tweet me, I'm at not TJ Miller. If you tweet at me, the first person to tweet, I'll get two comp tickets. But um, how many do we have? Left? 60 left. Ooh, those are going to go fast. All right, so guys, get into that because there's also a lot of walk-ups. So yep. buy your tickets. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I try and get here every year, but I also try and cover the entire country. Yep. And, like, we're going to Scandinavia in a little bit, and we I, I also do Canada. So, you know, get the tickets because I might not be able to come back for a year and a half, two years or something like that. And if two great films come to me, well, there goes six to eight months, you know. There you have it. So then I have to play just the large markets because that's, you know, I need to make as many people laugh as possible. So you you have to play a theater of a thousand or something like that because you can't go to a club and do an intimate show for, you know, a few hundred people, which I much, much prefer. I understand, sir. Well, I appreciate. It. I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at it. You got to talk about a lot of things. You're, you don't get a chance to talk about it. it was great that I just witnessed it. Great Hello, having a conversation with you. Thank you, TJ. Much love, prosperity, each and every one of you. Tell your wife I said she married way up. 
<laughs> way, way up. And the only reason I say that honestly is because if you see a picture of Kate, I married so far up that I don't know. I think there might be something wrong with her. Well, that, yeah. Well, I mean, I get the same situation. I mean, to have any kind of intercourse with me, social or sexual, <laughs> something's got to be wrong with you. We'll be. I back look like a toddler you. took a growth serum, <laughs> and then and then walks around with a clown wig on. I don't think so. I, I got a jaw like a horse. We'll be back, Tom Bernaccio. <laughs>